In today's show, we look back at the action from Monday in the NBA, and hopefully your playoff chances didn't fracture like LaMelo Ball's ankle. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble, on TikTok at RedRock underscore Beeble, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We've got so much to talk about, so much injury news. LaMelo Ball, season over? Yeah, season over. LeBron James, season over? Maybe. I don't know about that one. We'll talk about that. Colin Sexton? Hmm. He's out for a while as well. So many big things happened today, even though there were only four games on. We're going to talk about them. Morning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just go through some stuff that we know. Um, Colin Sexton's out at least another week with his hamstring injury. I think that's his third hamstring injury of the season. This is going to be the third week that he's out for it this time as well. Um, so he's out. Jordan Clarkson's out again tomorrow. We do have to make sure we're adding Taylor Horton Tucker, and I think this will force the Jazz to sign Chris Dunn to a second 10-day deal. And he actually becomes a a streamer. Now, there are better options available on other teams due to injuries happening as well. But Dunn is a 12-team league option here. As for Sexton, is he good enough to hold through an injury? No, he's not. So if you're in a spot where you can't put him in aisle, if you're in the playoffs, if you desperately need the spots, I don't know when he's back. I know he's out at least a week, Colin Sexton. And he's not good enough to hold while we wait for him to return. So if you need to drop him, drop him. Simple. Nolan's Noel got bought out. Sweet. Jalen Brown's going to be back on Wednesday. That's good news for him. Um, and then we get to one of the big news stories of the day. LeBron James. Yeah. We saw him be pretty significantly hurt yesterday. Yeah, yesterday, Sunday's games with that foot injury. And I said, there's no way he's playing in both of these back-to-back games coming up. Little did I know that that was the least of the problem there and he's going to be out for a while. And... Shams said that the Lakers are bracing themselves for a multi-week absence. So let's just say that's three weeks. If it's multi-week, they're probably not saying... If it's if it's two weeks, they'll say a couple of weeks. They won't say multi-week. This is three. This is four weeks. This could be season over for LeBron. This is possibly all of March. I think that's distinctly possible. Um, and that's going to change so much about this team. They've got a couple of different ways that they can go. The replacement of LeBron in the starting lineup. I think it opens it up for Rui Hachimura to start. It opens it up for Dennis Schroeder to start alongside D'Angelo Russell, pushing Malik Beasley to the three. It opens it up for Austin Rivers to start. There are a few options they, they, they can go there. Now, with D'Angelo Russell also doubtful for tomorrow, Schroeder's the great ad here. He is the one that we add here for now, who has a chance to continue to start, but also he's definitely going to start tomorrow. So he is the great ad here from the Lakers. It is Schroeder. A lot of people are asking, what does this do for Jared Vanderbilt? I said earlier today, I don't think this means that much changes for Vanderbilt in terms of he's not going to be this big usage guy who orchestrates an offense. It probably helps his minutes floor a little bit. Maybe thinking, oh, maybe he could play 25. Now it probably goes, hey, he's playing 28 a night, maybe pushes to 30. You want to add him in 12-team leagues as well. But it doesn't give him this gigantic usage boost, I don't think. 
And then you get to Rui Hachimura, who was basically just phased out, played like 12 minutes last game. But without LeBron, that ability to create your own shot, which Vanderbilt can't really do, you know, Troy Brown can't really do, and that's really all Rui can do, that helps him. I don't know whether he will start next to Vanderbilt and Davis. He could. It's not a terrible fit. Would they want to do that? Or they'd rather have, I think, or Reeves or Schroeder or Troy Brown, right? But we know that Rui Hachimura is not a 12-team category league player. So we're not rushing to add him. In points leagues, it might become interesting, but we're not even certain that he will start or that he plays 30 minutes. I'd much rather look at Schroeder, obviously Vanderbilt there as well. But it does help Rui go from a complete afterthought to at least back into 16, maybe 14-team league category discussion and definitely into 14-team points league discussions. What this also does is like if the Lakers start going tits up, which is a real huge possibility, what happens with guys like Anthony Davis? Does he have those injuries? Because he's on every single injury report. We know this. He's probable every single game. Does he sit out now? More games? I don't know. Does that mean that Mo Bamba then becomes a streaming option? I don't think that... Although it is possible. Does James's injury mean that they go with Bamba and Davis together? I really don't think they will. They've really resisted that basically all season. But maybe. Especially if Davis misses, Bamba would be someone to keep an eye on. But that is a, it's a huge thing. And it's not even the biggest injury of the day. We'll talk about LaMelo Ball later on when we look at the Hornets game. Jalen Green is back for the Rockets. Kevin Porter Jr. is questionable. Jason Tate is out, though. So it still could be an opportunity for Tari Eason to put up okay numbers. But there's still a lot of uncertainty there. Gilgis Alexander is out again. That's not ideal. So we're streaming Isaiah Joe. De'Aaron Fox is questionable. If he is out, Davion Mitchell will start and we just ignore him and that really solidifies Malik Monk and it helps Kevin Herter. And then for the San Antonio Spurs, Romeo Langford's out again. Just rule the bloke out. What are we waiting for? Why do we keep having him ruled out game to game to game? And then there's Trey Jones who's been upgraded to questionable. So his return probably hurts Devontae Graham. Vassell could be back after the next game and then we see what that does for Malachi Branham. But I think Branham's going to probably fade out a little bit of 12-team league discussion. But holy crap, that was a lot of stuff that happened um, in today's action. We're going to get back and look at waiver wire trends, then look at the four games, and we'll break down the Lamello Ball stuff coming up. But today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's like a candy bar covered in 100% real chocolate, except it's low in calories, it's low in fat, it's low in sugar and it's high in protein. We're looking for that delicious treat after the gym or just as a snack. Built Bar is the way to go. And in the past, I've told you to go to built.com and order it there. And you can still do that. Don't let me stop you. Go to built.com, order them. But now you can also just get them straight off the shelf in a Walmart. You go down to the pharmacy section and there they are. Four bar boxes, cookies and cream, coconut puff and double chocolate flavor. Or in Sam's Club, they've got 13 bar boxes of the churro flavor or the brownie batter flavor. So go to Walmart. Go to built.com or go to Sam's Club and you can get yourself boxes of the delicious and healthy built bars. Built bar is built different. Let's go to the waiver wire. The most added player over the last 24 hours is the big fella in Detroit, Marvin Bagley. Up 42%. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. Dennis Smith up 16%. That should be up 80% tomorrow. Just before we even get into the Hornets game, go and add Dennis Smith now. Absolutely 100% add him everywhere. It might turn to shit, but add him. Jared Vanderbilt bar up 16%. Add him if he's available. Cam Thomas up 12%. Really scored well last game. I think he's probably going to have a 25-minute-a-night minimum value rotation role. I don't know why I'm saying those words like that, but I am. But 
what do they do? What, are, what, what is this roster? Are they literally going to run this seven-man rotation where Curry and Harris play 13 minutes combined? Is that what they're going to do? Are they going to run no center? I don't know that that's viable. So we want to watch that. But Thomas is fine as an ad. Joshy Richardson up 8%. I'm not really sure what they're doing at all. I don't. I think in two weeks' time, we won't see Richardson as a 12-team league guy. But yes, for now, an ad. DiVincenzo up 8%. Draymond Green's going to play. I thought he'd be out long-term, but he's not. He's going to play. So Wigan's still out, though. Helps DiVincenzo. Chris Dunn, we just spoke about him with Colin Sexton still out. He's worth an ad, but like there are many other guys to prioritize over him. And then Jim Wiseman up 6% for Blunty. Um, yeah, look, great to add him today, but we'll, we'll talk Pistons in a second. There's just so much unknown with that team. Let's look at the most dropped players off waiver wires. The number one most dropped player there is Shaden Sharp down 23% because he's not being used. Simons is out and they're playing him less. It makes no sense. He's got a shit fantasy game though, so you drop him. No, no questions asked. Both Precious Achua and Chris Boucher are on this list. Easy drops, especially with Van Vliet returning. Easy, easy 12-team drops. In fact, Precious is a 14-team league drop as well. Get that garbage out of here! Terrence Mann down 13%, an easy 12 drop. Josh Green down 11. He's probably a 14-team drop. The passport legend, Jalen Duren. He's down 9%. That's a tough one. Like I've said before, if you're in the playoffs, you can't hold because you don't know what's going on. If you're in a situation where you're not in the playoffs and you've got an ability to stash, I would. I don't know what they're going to do with Bagley and Wiseman and Stewart and Duran. Duran to me is the best of that group, but I don't know what they're going to do minutes-wise. I don't know what his health is like. So I'd be willing to wait, but I've also got no problem dropping him. And Josh Kogi down 7%. I guess people are looking at the schedule where they don't play for two days and then Duran is back Wednesday. So I get that. He had been playing pretty well. And if you can hold, I would try to, but it's also not imperative. And then Gabe Vincent down 6%. That's weird considering they played today and they had this great three-quality game schedule coming up. So while Vincent may not be a long-term ad, and he was really good today, I'm not sure that I would have rushed. I'm not sure I would have rushed to drop him the way um, the way that he has been here. I don't, I don't, I don't think that would have... Uh, I don't think that was necessary. So let's move on from that and let's talk the games because I could probably talk 20 minutes on this game. I won't, but I probably could. That is the Pistons and the Hornets. I guess if I talk for 20 minutes, a lot of it would just be me saying, I don't know. I don't know what to do because I don't with the Pistons who lose 117-106 to the Hornets. The Hornets are up by 20 points in the first quarter. The Pistons did claw their way back, but they were without Boyan Bogdanovich, Jaden Ivey, Isaiah Stewart, and Jalen Duren in this game. All of those guys are out. So that's four of their starters. Um, and Cade, of course, their other starters. So no starters played. And then they lost one of the guys who started in this game, in Isaiah Livers, who was scoreless in eight minutes. I think Livers can be a good player, but he's not a fantasy guy at all. Their other starters were Killian Hayes, Rodney Magruder for, I don't know, some reason, Alec Burks, James Wiseman, and Isaiah Livers. Let's start with Hayes, who played 35 minutes, and we know what we're going to get from him. This was super-sized what we're going to get. Shit shooting, 31%, but he had 12 points, four rebounds, 10 assists, four steals, and two blocks. That's lovely. If you have him, you're punting field goals. You're well aware of that, or you're willing to accept that hit you get. But everything else there is amazing, and he is a 12-team league guy. Alec Burks had 17 points, which is not bad, but it doesn't appear like Bogdanovich is going to miss significant time here, and Ivy should be back pretty soon. So there's a lot that can change here. So I don't know what's going to happen with Ivy or Bogdanovich or Stewart or Duran, and that impacts everyone else we're going to talk about. Because Wiseman played 27 minutes. He had 23 and 7. 
it is a stereotypical James Wiseman line. No assists, no steals, no blocks, bad free throw shooting. He was great from the line, 82%. And wouldn't you know it, but you know, James Wiseman's Marvin Bagley the fourth is what's Marvin Bagley, James Wiseman Sr. I don't know. They're the same bloody person. 21 and 12 for Bagley with no assists. Oh, sorry, one assist, no steals, no blocks, no threes. Bad free throws and good field goals. They're the same player. And we talked about it at some one of the early shows today. With all these guys out, they are going to get opportunities to get rebounds and score points. Does it lead to winning basketball? Very rarely. Are they good, well-rounded category league guys? No. But you take flyers on them when everyone's out and they're going to get opportunities. And that's exactly what happened here. I still think I prefer Bagley over Wiseman. But if Stewart and Duran remain out, they are options. But if Stewart and Duran play, I don't think they are. And I just don't know. And I... I Dwayne Casey could play them all 23 minutes each. Does that even work out? 24 minutes each. He could do that. So I don't know how it's gonna he'd figure it out, but they could do that. Rendering them all relatively useless. And again, it's not just about, well, you know, what Bagley played 24 minutes here, Josh, and was a double-double. Yeah, big 21 and 10, 21 and 12. Yeah, but Ivy and Bogdanovich are big usage players, and they both didn't play. And that has an impact on everything. So what we got here. It's so hard to judge. MC Hamadou Diallo scored 23 points on 15 shots. That's not real. He had three steals as well, but who knows when these guys are going to be out. If I had to prioritize between Wiseman, Bagley, Diallo as ads, I, I would probably try Bagley as a 12-team ad, but I'm also understanding that it's just a short-term thing most likely, and it could be blown up as early as next game when a bunch of other players return, because still, he lacks in so many areas, as you can see here, and on court, he still isn't particularly good. And that means when other players come back, he doesn't just get to sit at 27 minutes. Same with Wiseman. They don't just get to sit with big minutes when other players return. So everything worked in their favor today. And that was great. And there was always that chance of big numbers coming. And that made them great stream guys. But is this something that goes long-term? I've got no idea. I honestly don't. I don't know what happens with Stuart Duran. So you take flies on him. You take a, a crack at it. And then you drop later on if necessary. It's just bloody confusing. RJ Hampton played 23 minutes. He had two points on 17%. He did have a steal and a block of three. He defended okay. He's just a, a name to watch for uh, deeper formats at this point. Okay. Um, let's look at the Charlotte side of things because, yeah. LaMelo Ball, 18 points, six triples, six rebounds, five assists, but that doesn't matter. He has a fractured ankle. They've said he's out indefinitely. I'm saying he's out for the season. There's six weeks left. Like, it's just not happening. He's got March and then like 10 days of April. He's not coming back from a fractured ankle in six weeks. It's done. It's over. If I'm wrong and I, you drop him and he come back, please flame the comments. We've got to use a lot of common sense here. I, I think there is, for a team going nowhere, it is his opposite ankle to the one he sprained already two or three times this season. Three times, I think. And it's a fracture. He is not coming back. Surely not. There is always a 5% chance that maybe you can wait and maybe you can hold all that sort of stuff. I wouldn't bother. That's that's how I see it. If I had to make the call where I can't put him in IL and I need to make an ad with someone, there is just I don't see how he is coming back. Lamella Ball season has been a disappointment. I think it's done. So what happens? They've got two ways they can go. They can either start Kelly Oubre and put Terry Rozier at point guard, which is what I think they will do, or they can start Dennis Smith. Regardless, both of those guys are getting big boosts. Oubre and Smith, and they are both 12-team league guys. Oubre had 18 points in 28 minutes. Now, he wouldn't recognize an assist if it had his face painted on it. He has no idea how to pass. One of the worst black holes of all time. But 18 points, three threes, two steals is bloody useful. 
the minutes in usage are going to be sky high. We add Kelly Oubre everywhere. I would probably add Oubre over Smith, but Oubre is rostered in most spots. As for Dennis, people, I tweeted out, hey, go add Dennis Smith. Some said, oh, not a good time to do that, given he shot 0 of 7. It, that doesn't matter. I'll tell you why it doesn't matter, because if you add him now, you're not getting today's game, number one. But also, the mother ball's out. He played 32 minutes. Yes, he had seven points on 13%, and that's pretty disgusting. But he did have seven assists. He did have a steal. He can get blocks. He can hit threes. He is a must-roster player. Ubre over him, sure. But both Dennis Smith and Kelly Ubre are guys to add in 12-team leagues. Would you like me to state that again? Kelly Ubre and Dennis Smith Jr. are must-add players. They have to be added. I know you, that not everyone's going to listen to this because this guy's still available. Oh, hi, Mark. For reasons I've got no idea. 15-11 for Mark Williams and Gordon Hayward, 19-5-6. and six, Really strong from him. Ubre, not Ubre, bloody, you got it on my mind. Rogier, I think we're going to see a big spike in his assists, but we've got to watch the efficiencies because he's going to be overtasked with usage. He had 22, 3 and 3 with three triples and 47%. I think the assists are going to go up for Rogier, but just watch that efficiency. And we also saw pre game Steve Clifford said, yeah, I think I might play some of the younger guys in the last few games of the year. So we want to watch deeper leagues. Bryce McGowan's, who played five minutes here. And if you want to get really spicy, not 12s or 14s or 16s, Jim Booknight, the librarian. You've got to watch him as well because he's shithouse, but he might get some minutes. There's also no PJ Washington in this game as well. I don't know when he's returning. Maybe next game, but I, I don't know. But that's where we sit with this team. Massive news. Lamelo out. I would, If I have him, do I, I don't think I even have him in any leagues. If I had him, I would drop him without any worry. I just think the odds of him returning have got to be unbelievably slim. Like, why, why would he be returning with a fractured ankle, with the season going nowhere, with six weeks left? You, know, you make your own call on that. My call is drop him. And yeah, it's just disappointing to have this season be as shit as it has been for LaMelo Ball. Sigh. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. And that's why you got to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. When I was back in my old job hiring, which I did a lot of for the pharmacy, um, I would love to have something like LinkedIn Jobs to be able to sort through the nonsense that you get in terms of resumes, to find the right people that fit from a skills perspective, from a culture perspective, and just narrow that down and save me time as well. They're simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. The next game. The Miami Heat beat the Sixers 101-99, the final score here in this one. For Miami, there was no Kyle Lowry. He was upgraded to questionable before the game, but didn't end up playing. So Gabe Vincent was pretty strong. 14 points, four threes, three rebounds, one assist. Not great. And I'm not sure where he's going to be long-term or how the minutes are going to go, but they do have a good schedule with good quality games this week. Jim Butler, 23-11-9, four steals. That's an amazing performance. While Adebayo struggled. 29% shooting is horrible. He's outside the top 175 over the last week as well. 13-7 with a steal and a block. Victor Oladipo, only 19 minutes, but two steals is good. I don't think we need to look at him as a 12-team league guy outside of the quality game streaming. And Kevin Love, this is my fear with Love. The two games where he played a bigger role, they lost, and then they played in smaller minutes and they won. Is that correlated? I don't know. 
but it sort of ties into how I feel he's going to perform. 21 minutes for Love, eight and five with two threes. He's totally okay if you want to roster him, but as I've said a few times, I think they'll try it and realize, I don't think this is going to be 28 minutes worth of usefulness for us long-term. And it wasn't. He only played 21 here and he didn't play all that well. Neither did Tyler Hero, who had eight points on 23% shooting with two triples. At least he was able to play, but some might say, probably don't need him to. Well, Caleb Martin, or probably would have been better if he didn't. Caleb Martin got 31 minutes because he probably is a better option to love at this point in their respective careers. Six points for Martin, um, a steal, four rebounds. We're not adding Caleb Martin in 12s. Don't get me stressed on that. Like We're not doing it. But the value on court that he provides is useful enough to limit what love's upside is. Deeper leagues, Cody Zeller had five points in 16 minutes. That's useful to note. While the Winter Soldier, Max Struess, had 13 in 24 minutes. He just really needs uh, guys like Hero to be out so that he can step into a larger. Otherwise, we're not really using him outside of schedule streaming. For the Sixers, more of the same from Embiid, 27 and 12. Harden had 20 and 6 with 12 assists and two steals. Big games there. And it was a pretty good game from Tangles as well. 23 points for Tyrese Maxey in 27 minutes. Now, as usual, there's nothing else. One rebound and two assists. But that's good to get some scoring. Well, Melton played 31 minutes, so the minutes are all over the shop again, but only six points on 25%. In good news, he had one steal and two blocks. They've got three more quality games this week. They've got Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back. So if you do have him and you need defensive stats, that's why you would have held him this week for the schedule and for the defensive stats. And he brought exactly what you needed today. And you've got the Wednesday, Thursday, back-to-back coming. Is he a must-roster guy? Of course he isn't. But the schedule dictates that he's probably pretty interesting for this week. The Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris, not great from him. Um, I think I am a TH. T to the H. Yeah, TH for life. He had a locker room issue with a calf injury, but was able to return. But again, maybe he shouldn't have. Two points on 25% shooting, five rebounds and a steal. Usage at 8%. This is what we always worried about. It just took a while to get here. The low usage and the lack of counting stats or the lack of supporting stats. Look, 8%. Percent usage is dreadful, bad shooting. He's dropping off pretty quickly at the moment. He's down now outside the top 70 for the season after being inside the top 50 a lot. I think we're going to find out that he ends up from here on out outside the top 100 from here onwards, not for the whole season. Um, Is he a drop? No, we definitely hold him, but it's looking pretty poor. Paul Reed got the backup minutes again, six points in 13 minutes for him, while Tucker played 33 minutes. They're going with him a little bit more. Eight points, two steals, 100% shooting. He could be a stream for the back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday. Again, no one else has that apart from the Sixers. So you could consider him there, but I wouldn't get you know, overly excited about what he's going to bring us. Next game. How about our New York Knicks, huh? 109 Knicks, 94 Boston. Jalen Brown was out of this game. He should be back Wednesday. Jason Tatum got ejected after playing 37 minutes. He also struggled 14 points on 33%. He had nine assists, though, but it was Brogdon. And uh, Smart, really, who carried them. 22 points for Brogo in 28 minutes. White had 13, 6, and 4, and Smart 19, 4, and 2 with a steal on two blocks. Good numbers. Obviously, Brogdon and White really helped by the absence of Brown. But it's hard to it's hard to get a gauge of where Brogdon and White sit every game, given the way that the minutes seem to go back and forward. 29 minutes from Rob Williams is good. Two blocks is good. The rest is bad. Six points, seven rebounds. but his usage is just invisible. He missed both his free throws. That playmaking and assists that we got from him last season aren't really there anymore. He's still useful, don't get me wrong. And he's still a top 80 player for category leagues this season on a per-game basis. But he's he's not as good as last season. That's pretty clear. He's he's lost quite a bit. The blocks are down, even though they were good here. The steals are down. The assists are down. He's just not quite as poppy as he was. Grant Williams, the minutes just, they change every game. 
as does everyone's, but he goes from 30 minutes to under 20. He played 16 minutes and had two points. Obviously, we're not dealing with Grant Williams in any 10 or 12, or honestly, 14-team leagues. There's no point. He's still rostered in 12-team leagues, like 20% of them. Makes no sense. Please don't be the person who has Grant Williams. Horford was okay, 13-2-1, but nothing particularly exciting there. And the Celtics box score in general doesn't really give us huge amounts to talk about. We got 16 minutes from Sam Hauser, and he was pretty bad replacing Jalen Brown. For the Knicks, quickly was great. 31 minutes, 23 points. There's not much else there, but really strong scoring from him. Still not getting big minutes regularly enough, but that's good enough to be on the fringes as a 12-team sort of category stream guy who's up and down. Obviously, more up than down at the moment. Another sub-30-minute game from Josh Hart. He was good, 12-5-5 and with two steals, but we're not getting the bulk minutes that we thought we might. Well, uh, Quentin Grimes is a clear drop, and Rowan Barrett went from big game to Rowan Barrett game. 10-7-2, no steals, no blocks, and bad shooting. Uh, it's To me, it's pretty clear that he's a category league drop. Get that garbage out of here! He's barely even a top 100 points league guy this season, and that's trending downwards quickly as well. I would still hold him in points leagues, but honestly, they're better off with quickly and Hart than, than Barrett, I think, pretty, pretty clearly. And... I criticize Tom Thibodeau a lot. He's actually realizing that and he's doing the right thing. So that's great. That's what they need to do. And that helps Quickly's value. I just thought they'd just keep feeding 35 a night to Barrett, but they're not. And that that is helping Quickly maintain that value. Mitchie Robinson was great. 10 and 13 with two steals and two blocks in 32 minutes. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Obviously, we're dropping Hartenstein, who was scoreless in 16 minutes. He's still, he's still rostered, sorry, in lots of 12s, and he clearly doesn't need to be. Well, the burner, Jalen Brunson, had some efficiency issues. Couldn't hit a three. He's actually outside the top 160 over the last week, Brunson, so dropping off quite a bit. I remember when he was like top 10 at one point in one of my buy-low, sell-high shows. Someone told me I was crazy for suggesting that he was a sell-high player. This is what I mean. Like, that level of shooting had no chance of sticking. Now, is he this bad? No, he's not. He's a lot better than this. But... Yeah, understanding when to cash in or cashing in for the right price is a really good way to increase the strengths of your fantasy team. Brunson, 17-4-3, if I didn't already say that. But overall, I didn't talk about Julius Randle, actually, who was pretty strong apart from the usual no defense and bad percentages. 23-7-4 with three threes. That's really good. But he always hurts you by not having steals or blocks and shot 44 from the field and was 6-9 of nine from the line. This is always the conundrum with Randle. He can be really useful, but he's also quite negative. Worse in roto leagues, better in head-to-head -head categories, and really strong in points leagues, obviously, where he is a top 20 player uh, over the duration of the season. And then we do the last game of the night, and it was yours, mine, ours, our Orlando Magic. Yes, the Orlando Magic on the road beat the struggling New Orleans Pelicans, 101-93. The Magic were without Johnny Isaac, so they just said, all right, we're not replacing him in the rotation. So it meant a few extra minutes for other people. But what it does mean is that you should be, well, not you should be, because honestly, you should have dropped this months ago. But Bol Bol played 14 minutes in a game that Wendell Carter Jr. got into foul trouble and John Isaac didn't play. So for the people that are still holding Bol in 10 and 12 and 14 team leagues, why? What are you doing? Drop him. Polo was great, 29 and 8, 34 minutes. Shot the ball well from the field in the line, which is a rarity, and got a steal. So that's great to see. Well, Fultz was also really strong. He's been actually unbelievably good this season. 14, 5 and 5 with two steals. Franz Wagner, someone asked me today, hey, are you expecting a big third year breakout from Franz um, next season? Shout out to you, Kevin, for asking me that question. And I like Franz. I think he's a really good player. But I worry a bit about his 
the way that he plays basketball, not that's not a negative. That the fact that he'll just be like, I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to make players better. I'm going to make my team better. But I'm going to be so low usage in doing it that maybe it doesn't impact fantasy. He had 11, 5, and 3, two steals in a block, which is great. But 13 usage. And since the Magic have got healthy, we've seen his usage drop and other getting other guys involved. And I worry that if they get another strong player through either their pick or the Bulls pick or both in the lottery, that he just sort of is a really good player but never actually elevates into this big-time usage ball-distributing guy. That's my worry. Wendell had that foul trouble, as I said, but had 11-11 as a double-double. And Cole Anthony got extra minutes with Isaac out. He had two points in 27 minutes. We don't need him in a 12-teamer. Jalen Suggs had nine points on 27% shooting. We don't need him in a 12-teamer. Both guys can be streamed when you have a low-volume day like this, but you're always going to be at risk of bad shooting nights from both Cole Anthony and Jalen Suggs. For the Pelicans, of course, there was no Larry Nance. There was no Zion Williamson. CJ's dealing with a thumb issue, apparently. He was okay, 18-2-6. And, and Ingram's just driving everything at the moment, 25, 6, and 5, but no defensive numbers and some inefficient shooting has really left him not being fantastic for fantasy. I think it's always going to cap his overall ceiling. We only got 23 Jonas Valanciunas minutes, which I think is probably a mistake. Jonas Valanciunas. Look, it's definitely a mistake that he only took four shots, but what were we doing? Giving Jackson Hayes minutes, that's what happened. They didn't even go to Billy Hernan Gomez. I don't understand Willie Green. I think he's made some really poor coaching choices over the last couple of months. Hayes has been out of the rotation. He's been the fourth string center. So, of course, when the backup goes down, you go to your fourth and you don't play your third. Hayes had six and five in 25 minutes. He had two steals. I wouldn't say he was terrible. He was also a minus 11. Like, what was the point of that? I, I don't get the thought process. Also, like, much like I don't get the point of Josh Richardson starting. Now, he did play fewer minutes here. And as I said, when he started, I said, I think this is um, getting a hard on for a veteran. And then you'll eventually go, oh, this isn't probably doing what we thought it was going to do. And we're seeing his minutes sort of just keep trudging downwards. 27 minutes for Richo, eight points, two assists and two steals. He took four shots. He was a minus seven with 10 usage. The steals are still good. I still think we hold him in 12-team leagues, but I think we're starting to see that, yeah, maybe it's not the best idea. It doesn't mean that we need to add Trey Murphy because he had seven points in 21 minutes. And Herb Jones had 10 and six with a triple one in 33. At least he got his minutes back. But I feel like the Jones, Murphy, Richardson, Marshall, it's all just going to be a mess with minutes sort of fluctuating, making... Yeah, Richardson probably is the 12-team league guy. Jones sort of behind him as a specialist, but they're all just going to be ups and downs and ins and outs and streaming type guys as Willie Green flails and tries to figure out what's going wrong. Maybe play Dyson Daniels. That might be an option, but you know, we're not doing that apparently. Let's look at the lines of the night. The monstrous line of the night does go to James Butler of the Miami Heat. The waiver wire is Victor Oladipo. Yeah, he's a steel streamer. Young Gun is the big fella, Mark Williams. And the dud of the night is the thick hogsman, Tobias Harris. Your top 10 players in category leagues today, number one was Jimmy Butler, followed by Embiid, Harden, Killian Hayes, Paulo Bunquero, Lamelo Ball, Gordon Haywood, Malcolm Brogdon, Emmanuel Quickly, and Markel Fultz. Your top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues, Oladipo, Diallo, just watch that one for Diallo's a stream. Tucker, yeah, maybe the back-to-back Wednesday, Thursday. Alec Burks, same as Diallo. We could maybe stream him. Alec Burke. Big Dick Nick Richards, a nice 14-teamer. Caleb Martins, a 14-16. to 16. Gabe Vincent, 12-team option, maybe. Najee Marshall, Jackson Hayes, honestly, just don't care at all. And Obi Toppin as well. These are like 18-team league players, nothing more, nothing less. Points League top 10 today goes to Butler, number one. Killian Hayes, two. Harden at three. Polo, four. Embiid, five. Diallo, six. Ingram, seven. Mitch Robinson, eight. Julius Randle, nine. And Gordon Haywood. 
coming in at 10. And guys, that'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. And if you're here on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.